This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. The grain markets ended the week on a mixed note with wheat down hard, beans higher, corn kind of caught between the two. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops said the wheat market was the leader of these grains this week. We have a supply-driven rally led by Kansas City right now with hot and dry weather across the, um, the hard red wheat plains. That crop's already struggling with low ratings, and according to USDA's report last week, we're going to see probably the uh, crop size the smallest since 1963. Also, spring wheat producers are really struggling to get the crop in the ground, so supply issues on on two fronts here in the United States. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says weather, economics, and geopolitical issues weighed heavily on the wheat markets by Friday. Uh, more talk about the U.N. trying to negotiate passage with Ukraine grain and veg oils uh, from an export standpoint uh, with Putin. We'll see how that goes. So a risk-off type of trade, and I think it's rebalancing out here when you have the equity markets moving into bear market territory, uh, dollar continuing to be strong. Uh, that kind of led us to the downside and I think unwinding some of these spreads. Well, despite the issues in the Black Sea and weather-related problems in the U.S., the supply of wheat worldwide is adequate. We're not going to run out of wheat. People will be able to buy wheat, but it's, it's going to come at a pretty high price. Joe Glauber, who's with the International Food Policy Institute, says much of the Middle East depends on Ukraine for reasonably priced wheat. And these countries are 30, 35 percent of their diets are from wheat, wheat products. Yemen imports about 100 percent of its wheat. They have their own civil war going on. It's not a question of the country, you know, stepping up its safety net. It has no resources really to kind of cover that sort of thing. Glauber, who previously served as USDA's chief economist, said that puts the focus on humanitarian wheat donations. Consulting group Sovicon raising its forecast for Russia's 2022 wheat crop by more than a million tons. Production is projected to be record large, 88.6 million tons. That's up from 74 million tons a year ago. Progressive Ag Marketing market analyst Brian Strauman said profit-taking also set into this wheat complex late in the week. You know, we started the week with a bang, and we're going to end here with a thud. Uh, the wheat quality tour did show uh, that yield coming in at about 39 bushels an acre, and that's down close to 20 bushels uh, from the five-year average. But, you know, the relaxing of the band on India exports and a record crop uh, being talked about for Russia, I think we've created some profit-taking here in the wheat complex to end the week. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback said that uh, general risk-off also impacted the livestock markets. It looks like we're trying to stabilize the cattle and the hog market here at some lows. Uh, and gold and silver, I've been watching gold and silver as the inflation counter hedge, and it had a very big pre-fall sell-up, but gold and silver looks like it's finding a level where it can stabilize. And if that happens, I think the, um, the stock market will stabilize too. And if that happens, that could be a very good summer for the equity markets, and uh, that will be supportive for cattle and hogs on a bounce-back rally. Hub City Livestock co-owner Steve Helwig said over 5,000 head of cattle went through the sale barn this week. We're selling a lot of cattle now. The bulk of the sale is cattle that were purchased last fall as calves, backgrounded, and then resold by area uh, backgrounders, and uh, a lot of big strings of cattle. We had uh, one consignment of 850 steers, Several consignments of 200 to 300 steers each, and they're all backgrounded cattle. A lot of quality, a lot of good ones. But yeah, typically we do have these kind of sales yet this spring, but it's 
It's coming to an end here, though. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Hello, Shane with Irie Insurance. We are proud to announce our Benefits Connect platform. You will have more options with Irie Insurance Benefits Connect. You have choices. Do you know who your group agent is? Do you meet annually to review benefits? Would you like to save money? Would you like more benefits? You have choices. We take a different approach to providing benefits through education, communication, and a personal touch. To find out more about Irie Insurance, go to irieinsurance.com. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota's egg drought relief bill is expected to be combined with the agriculture finance and policy bill, but it must pass through conference committee first. Minnesota Senate and House Egg Committee leaders reached an agreement on Thursday. Minnesota Egg Finance and Policy Committee Chairman Mike Sundin calls this a comprehensive little bill. You know, when I say little, uh, the target that we had to shoot for was... Uh, I would say inadequate, uh, given the money in the state coffers, I was disappointed with the target. But that being said, we did uh, touch as many uh, bases as we could uh, to get the uh, egg bill done. Sundin would not dive into any details of the egg supplemental funding bill. However, Sundin did release details of the updated $18 million drought relief package. The Department of Natural Resources could get $5 million to plant trees, and there's a little money set aside for wells. Here's a breakdown of the egg portion of the bill. There's uh, $8.1 million uh, for uh, specialty crop and assistance to livestock farmers impacted by the drought. There's a, a pretty decent amount of money going out in the grants that way. You know, the pay- payment amounts are uh, broken down so we can uh, touch as many farmers uh, effectively as possible. Some of the money was transferred into the uh, Rural Finance Authority, uh, two, two and a half million dollars there going in uh, for the drought relief involving loans, and then a uh, million dollars going into veterinary disease testing equipment. It was also $1.5 million into the uh, uh, emergency account. If this bill passes a committee, it could be heard on the House floor today or Saturday. The USDA's nominee for the Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agriculture is Alexis Taylor, the director of the Oregon Department of Agriculture. Agriculture groups have been anxious to see the position filled. National Association of Wheat Grower CEO Chandler Gould says Taylor is a good candidate. Alexis Taylor has been a very strong uh, leader and advocate for agriculture, production agriculture, conservation, and, and many of the other aspects that affect uh, rural life and our farmers and ranchers. I've personally known Alexis for over 15 years. We met uh, in 2006 uh, or 2005, uh, working on the 2008 Farm Bill. Then after that, she moved on to the USDA uh, as the acting Undersecretary for Farm and Foreign Ag Service uh, under uh, President Obama. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz and A Commissioner Tom Peterson were in Benson, Minnesota this week, meeting with farmers and checking out the storm damage from last week. Peterson says it's sobering to see the damage. 
a lot of uh, machine sheds uh, just gone, uh, a lot of bin sites just gone or severely damaged, uh, and really a big mess, you know, that farmers are dealing with. The bins may have blown away, got into the field, so, you know, picking that up, but then the bins, they might have been next to our damaged, uh, you know, just destruction. Uh, I think the common thread was in general, um, even though we did lose a life and we have another person who's in critical condition, you know, the farmers were grateful that uh, those things can be rebuilt. But uh, there's, a, there's a, lot of, a lot of physical damage in that uh, west central Minnesota area. Peterson says many farmers in the Benson area haven't turned a wheel for planting. Starting next week, Northern Plains crop farmers' losses due to natural disasters from 2020 and 2021 should be watching the mail for a pre-filled application from USDA in Kansas City. This is a new emergency relief program application for Phase 1 payments. Farmers will receive a separate application form for each program year in which an eligible loss happened. Once they get the application in the mail, they can look it over, sign it, and bring it into the local county FSA office. North Dakota FSA State Executive Director Marcy Svenningson says there is a deadline to submit the paperwork back to the local FSA office. July 22nd will be the deadline for bringing in this application. That's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. Here's BASF Business Rep Madison Machado. Money in the Bank. Endura fungicide controls white mold in dry beans, soybeans, and canola. White mold can reduce yields by 50%. For dry beans and soybeans, imply Endura mid-summer when rows begin to close for the best white mold suppression on the market. For canola, apply Endura at 30% flowering. Apply Endura and put more money in the bank and more family time in the islands. For more information on Endura, please contact your local retailer. Always read and follow all label instructions. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. This week in weather, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. More rain fell in the region this week, but farmers could find opportunities to get into the field. A cold front is expected going into the weekend with possible frost and freezes. However, National Weather Service meteorologist Nathan Heinert, based in Bismarck, North Dakota, expects temperatures to start warming up again later this weekend. Expecting temperatures in the 50s on Sunday. And then as we head into early next week, Monday and Tuesday, we're looking at widespread highs in the 60s. And then as we head towards the middle parts of next week, uh, look, at the, look for those highs to even climb up into the 70s. And then also along with those uh, warming temperatures, we're expecting uh, mainly dry conditions. Not, not going to say we're not going to see any rain, but overall it's not going to be like we were seeing uh, this week, this early this weekend. Uh, maybe some more hit and miss chances, but overall dry conditions. If there is one bright spot to the rains, it is that they are improving dry conditions in the Dakotas and Minnesota. The latest U.S. drought monitor shows severe drought conditions that were in northwestern North Dakota have improved to moderately dry conditions. Abnormally dry conditions remain in the west. Moderately dry conditions in northern South Dakota have also improved to abnormally dry conditions in the last week. Most of Minnesota is no longer in drought, with the exception of a little bit on that southern part of the state. 
In far northern North Dakota, there are farmers transitioning out of corn and into a different crop. Pioneer sales agronomist Christy Sundin says there is still time for corn. We're still encouraging guys if they can get it in to a plant all the way up to at least the 25th of May. Um, stuff is already coming up out of the ground that was planted only five days ago. So our soil temp is there. So if they can get it in the ground and get it up and out, uh, we're still in a very good spot when it comes to corn. Seed supplies are limited depending on the maturity. Nutrient Ag Solutions Principal Atmospheric Scientist Eric Snodgrass says the decision to prevent plant or plant becomes more difficult with what's happening in other parts of the globe. Something that we don't want to have to make a decision on, right, when we have such high commodity prices, but something that might add to it's what's going on in South America. There's the risk of a frost in southern Brazil where the crop is currently going through pollination and part of it's in grain fill. Uh, it's quite cold and, and very dry, so we could continue to see numbers peel back from the safrina corn crop in South America, which puts the you know the focus squarely on the United States to have a big crop to help this balance sheet, and we've got big concerns. Spring wheat planting is wrapping up in portions of the region. South Dakota State University Extension agronomist John Kleinjohn says in the middle part of South Dakota, it is getting late to plant spring wheat. Within the next two weeks, Kleinjohn will have a better idea of what spring wheat was planted in the state. Spring wheat that's been seeded so far in South Dakota looks good. Anheuser-Busch Midwest Regional Agronomy Manager Nikki Zaradka Balin says barley planting is falling behind pace. It's been a tough few years for barley production. Anheuser Bush is working with the current growers they have to increase acres where possible to make up for expected production declines. Seeing some of that already, you know, with growers that are able to get in and get seeded in the West, um, I think they're they're planting a few additional acres for sure to to try to make some compensation start happening for the, the lack we'll have in the East. The Wheat Quality Council's Hard Red Winter Wheat Tour wrapped up this week in Kansas. Tour participants are forecasting wheat yield potential at 39.7 bushels per acre, the lowest projection since 2018. Kansas Wheat CEO Justin Gilpin says severe drought conditions don't help the situation. He did expect, however, to see that lower yield forecast. A lot of the question now becomes with some of those wheat fields that have really poor stand establishment, really short wheat, will they be harvested? And I think that's probably the unknown variable of trying to think about what the, what the production of Kansas will be. But certainly with 261 million bushels projected by the wheat tour that's uh, over 100 million bushels less than Kansas produced last year at 364 and knowing that Oklahoma and and Texas are already challenged with their wheat crop USDA has Oklahoma and Texas combined at a 101 million bushel production this year so if the wheat quality council tour for Kansas is realized Kansas Oklahoma and Texas combined will be less than what the Kansas wheat crop was last year that's a look at this week in weather I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network During tough times, negative thoughts can sometimes spiral out of control. Learning to cope with those thoughts through simple tools can trick your brain into thinking differently and improve your overall mental health and well-being. American Soybean Association, United Soybean Board, and Soy States have online resources available for finding ways to manage farm stress or seek professional help. Visit soygrowers.com or search hashtag soyhelp during May Mental Health Month or year-round for resources and more information. 
The impact of back-to-back spring storms linger long after the snow has melted. Ranchers have suffered significant losses to their livestock herds, buildings, and fences. The North Dakota Stockmen's Association and North Dakota Stockmen's Foundation have created a disaster relief fund to support these ranchers. You too can contribute to this effort. Visit the Hope After Haley tab on the North Dakota Stockmen's Association website to find out more. This message comes to you courtesy of the Red River Farm Network.